welcome to Vision Scope, a program designed to educate and inform on matters relating to disabilities. My name is Wilbert Williams. Hello there and welcome to Vision Scope. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We have a very interesting program lined up for you, so please stay tuned. Recently, we had the pleasure of chatting with Reverend Winston Mansing, who is the senior pastor at the Pune Open Bible Church in Trinidad and Tobago. Reverend Mansing shared his life story and talked to us about his ministry and, you know, his service in the church. So sit back and listen to this episode and uh, I trust that you will gain some information from it. This program was first aired on UVC radio on Tell It Like It Is. Those taking part in the discussion were King Rocco, Gavin Gopi, Wilbert Williams, and a caller. We have a special guest in the studio today, you know, Gavin, a guest that I have come to respect and to listen to and to appreciate recording in progress over this past year you know um he has given us so much information and because of that i have come to highly regard him he is reverend mansing of the puna open bible church Reverend Mansing, good to have you. Good evening, Mr. Williams. I'm very, very glad to be here with yourselves, Mr. Garvin and Rocco. I think it's Rocco who is. Yes, yeah, Rocco yes. is a producer. Yes. Producer, come um, uh, co host because from time to time he will chip in with his questions. Right, right. Yes, yes. But I'm very happy to be on and to the UBC. UBC has become part of our. I oh, know you have adapted us. Yes, yes. And yes. we appreciate the adoption, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate uh, it. You know, yes. whatever whatever um opportunities we can have to help one another. Mm. Like it's about mutual benefits and, and, yes. and if if relationships are lopsided, then there'll be a deficit. That's and right. I, and an overdrawn relationship is a weak relationship. Mm-hmm. An overdrawn relationship <clears throat> is, a, a, is a, a potentially destructive relationship. Mm-hmm. And somebody will get hurt. Your, your first name is Winston. That's right. 
And on this program, I hope you won't mind if I call you Winston. That's fine. All right. Uh, begin by telling us who is Winston Mansing. What, what does he look like in the first instance? I want oh. to see you. I want to see you. <laughs> well, you can see me. I'm troublesome, eh? You can see me. I'm right here. Yeah. But you know, sometimes, sometimes the more you look, is the less you see. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I know for those on the radio, you all wouldn't be able to see and so on. I don't know if it's on YouTube this evening as well. But you but, know, um, you know, you know, Reverend Mansi, let me correct you right away. We we see you in a certain way. When when we hear you, we form a picture of you, but that picture is not necessarily accurate, right? Um, we might think that you are tall when you're short. Hmm? You are brown when you're black. Exactly that kind of thing. So, so 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 we need to get we need to get your own picture. All right. Well, <laughs> apart from apart from me putting the zoom on, which I know wouldn't help the radio listeners anyway. Yes. You know. Um, my picture is one of um, a very, very enjoyable life. That's, I, have, I don't have a bad day. I really mm. don't. Life is filled with many challenges. But yes. when you come to a life of surrender in Christ yes. and you walk according to his plans, even if things don't go ideal by what our human expectations are, we recognize the sovereignty of the will of God and that all is well, regardless. Mm-hmm. All is well. That's true. That, keep, that keeps you quite peaceful. It keeps you comfortable. Um, it helps to manage your whole disposition. So how do I look? I, mm-hmm. I, I look like someone who is enjoying every day, one. Secondly, how do I look? I look like someone who, who enjoys our nature and enjoys the environment. I appreciate God's creation. Um, how do I look? I look like someone who laughs a lot with people who love to have fun. I'm very yes. serious. I'm very serious in the sense that when it comes to the work of the Lord and things that are right, I am very, very serious. So there must be order. But I love having fun. Yes, what? yes. What right, I don't laugh. Order that is good, and I appreciate that, and I respect that. But you're not going to get away as simple as that. I still want a physical description. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm five feet eight. Yes. I would say, um, you know, a medium brown color. Yeah. I have, now I have some gray hair. Yes. A, a little too strong. Which is a sign of, which is a sign of maturity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I am a little um, overweight at yes. this moment. <laughs> okay, so yeah, five feet. Well, I'll tell you this, Pastor Mansi. I don't think I'm much younger than you, but I'll tell you this right now. I don't think you should really feel bad about that. Why is Willie really set aside of maturity? Because, you know what? I'm in my mid-30s. And you know what? Greer started kicking too. <laughs> I'm, I'm not feeling bad about it at all. Because, no. I, I, you know, some people put dye and all those kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I'm to each his own. I'm cool. It's mine. Yeah, it's yours. <laughs> you see, the scripture says gray-headedness. It's a sign of, of God's wisdom. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's some of my physical features. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Mm. All right. I'm going to take you way back in time. Sure. Way back in time. And I want you to tell me about your early childhood. Um, you you were born in Trinidad and Tobago. That's you? right. I was born in the 
the city of San Fernando in those days would have been the borough of San Fernando. Yes. And um, um, my parents, uh, who are both deceased, Andrew Mansing and Gloria Mansing, yes. I was sixth of seven children mm. and the last of six boys before my sister, who is the last. Yes. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a home where we were... Um, we, we were taken to church and we were taught the ways of God. Not a perfect mm. home. My father was not a Christian per se. Mm. He was a, a Christian by christening, mm. as you know, some people would have it. Oh, but, yes. um, you know, but um, he wasn't a practicing Christian. But what he did is notwithstanding that he wasn't a practicing Christian. He mm. never, um, you know, created an environment where we could go astray. We had to stay in a particular line. My mm. mother was a practicing Christian and, you know, we were in church. We grew up in church. I enjoyed every minute of it. You know, I would rush to get to church, actually. Church was not a burden for me at any time. Mm. At no time was it a burden. I never had to drag myself there. And um, I grew up in church. In fact, when I was born, the doctor said that I wouldn't live because, you know, this, 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 um, this this sometimes where babies are born and they're blue because of underdeveloped lungs. And I think I was mm. really, I was, I was, mine was, was really, really bad. And they weren't sure. They told the parents, maybe, hey. But I made it. At the age of five, I also had, I stayed in the hospital one year with some, you know, some kidney issues and so on. But then mm. God healed me. And at the age of seven, I had a heart attack. And they said that this, the child had three holes in his heart. And, at seven, uh, at the age of seven, you know, mm. I was um, diagnosed with three holes mm. in my heart. So that's some of the early, early aspects of my life. But I mean, Jesus healed me. I'm, I'm fifty. I was fifty last November, yeah. and um, no sickness, no known sickness, none, none, none whatsoever. I am not diabetic, not hypertensive, um, uh, nothing, 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 nothing that I know of. I think yes. maybe. Thing I I might be is a little bit out of shape. I need to exercise, and I'm guilty. I keep saying it, but never doing it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's not a good thing. But that's just part of my early childhood. I grew up in Duncan Village in San Fernando, just on the outskirts of San Fernando, mm-hmm. southern city in Trinidad and Tobago. And uh, we grew in a community, a mixed ethnic community, mixed religious community. I mean, we grew among people of all different religious backgrounds and so on. And and um, we understood the value of mutual respect. Mm-hmm. I, I may not accept everything that someone else does. Yes. And, um, uh, but Jesus demonstrated respect for others. That's important, you know. Yeah. That's important. You, because re- when you respect somebody, they they also look at you differently because they then come to recognize that look, hey, this person is genuine. Mm-hmm. Respect more, demonstrate genuineness, in my opinion. Yeah, listen to me. People know what you stand for. They know yes. what you accept and what you want. Yes, you know. Yes. Um, so you don't have to try to put up a banner to say, oh no, just oh, that no. says X, Y, or Z. Your lifestyle, your your consistent lifestyle before people is the greatest form of preaching. Mm. Tell me now, what are some of the things you used to do as a young boy? Oh, I love to play cricket. I oh, you're, you're a cricketer? 
Oh, I loved it, man. We used to, well, we, I never played that hardball cricket, mm. you know, but I love to play. And I know we used to play sometime in the, in the street. Mm. And then sometimes we'll go to the, the cricket field, the recreation ground. Okay. Um, on those um, times when the guys were not playing cricket and, and they used to have the matting. I don't know if you ever, if you know about yeah, that. Yeah, the matting wickets. Yeah, the matting wickets. And we mm -hmm. used to play cricket yes. there for hours yes. and hours yeah. and hours. Trinidad and, was famous for the matting. Oh, yes, yes. We are lo most of the rural communities had the... Queens, Queens the Park Oval had mats at one stage, I think. Okay, I, I, I can't I can't recall. Yeah. I've yes. known the yes. What, what what was your position? Are you a bowler, batsman, wicket keeper? What are you? I was a batsman, and um, you know, but not again, not the hardball stuff. You know, we played the fun cricket. Yeah, I know the, the like community cricket, street cricket, street cricket. When I got in there, Mister Wilbert, mm. you, you, they would I would sometimes bat for an hour. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You bet. Hold on, listen. This is interesting. You bat for an hour. Um, yeah. So, did you make it to the let's say high school level or club level? That's the thing. Eh? Um, I started when I started going to secondary school. I I joined up, and there wasn't a very good um sporting program to be honest. Mm. And then just about then, my father died. I was okay. eleven, and twelve. Yes. And there was no really push. He loved the cricket. I had two brothers who played for the cricket team. They didn't go far after they migrated after his death and so on. But I suppose maybe if I there were, you know, you had that guidance and so on, you might have you been probably would have done more in cricket. Yes, yes, yes. yes. In the cricket, but but here's what. I have no regrets. I enjoyed playing my my street cricket, my wind ball or bag ball cricket, whatever you call it. Mm. And um, um we had a ball and we had lots of great competitions. And on on every competition, I would out for zero. <laughs> you know, you know. Can I tell you that you <laughs> can I tell you that you are represented on the Jamaica Scorpion team that is currently playing. Really, um, th there is a man sing. Oh, but really? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, You have Doctor Mansing from Jamaica. That's, I know him. That's, that's Abijay Mansing. Abijay Abijay <laughs> is is Akshay's son. Indeed. Who okay. is a, actually is a doctor? Is a is a is a surgeon, orthopedic surgeon. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Well, the Mansing name isn't very very popular. No, um, possibly it could it could be um, you know um, persons who also went there who are related in some way. Oh well, no, he no. I think his his uh, Abijah's grandfather is an Indian. And he came down from from India as a as a botanist to the University of the West Indies. Okay. So he, he was professor of botany at one stage. So um, so that's that's the connection. But I I, I know the the family through the grandfather. Sure, sure. But I I, I put that in to say that uh, the, the name, although it's unpopular, it's it's still. Doing things in the Caribbean, <laughs> indeed. And well, we, you know, we thank God. A good name is better than you know riches. Oh yes, oh yes. You know, so I thank God. So those are some of the things I enjoyed, and um, I, yeah. I always enjoy taking care of my plants. I always love plants, yes. especially Antorium lilies and palms. Did you get up to any mischief as a boy? Um, what kind of mischief you got up to? 
uh, you know, us boys, we always get up to a little. Um, I think uh, nothing really, to be honest. I mean, the worst I did used to go, and when we were um, we would play um, cricket on the ground, and mm. uh, you know, boys with the gun shooting. And those days, you didn't have like, much boys. So a couple of times, you know, a few fellas got burst head because the bullets were stones. My lord. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I know about that, man. I know about that. Glasses have you broken? How many, many windows did you break? I, I, I broke many of those and um, bird cages because our neighbor used to have the birds hanging around the house. Yeah. And normally the end from which I would be batting because I was a left-hander. Yeah. Um, anytime you would pull or, or you know... Um, you would be, chances are you would hit one of those bird cages. Yes. When, when you go for a long on shot. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it's, it's, that, that's quite interesting, isn't it? People are living right around and you're playing cricket in the middle. And oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. And you're, you're limited for space. Yeah, but when you've got <laughs> one of the balls over a roof. <clears throat> Oh, that's a six. <laughs> and if you got in over a roof in one of the neighbor's house where you couldn't retrieve the ball because they were on him, it was six and out. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe you could bring us back, Pastor Mansing, as well, to have your schooling. What was schooling like um, mm. for you? Oh, I grew up, I went to the Canaan Presbyterian School, then the San Fernando East Secondary, San Fernando central secondary school and um I had, a, I had a really good time at school i enjoyed it i did well at school and so on um, i think I, I you know given some encouragement and, and and support i could have done better but i i think so i know i have the capacity i've gone on god has helped me and you know to achieve different things and so on one of the one of the things we lacked i i can tell you where eh? i'm being quite open my father died at 11. Much emphasis was not placed on on, on other things. So other persons didn't come alongside and help mm -hmm. and say, well, look, you can do this or do that the next. And I made it true. And then I grew up part of my life thereafter, living alone with my aunt and uncle and cousins upstairs. And I lived alone downstairs because the times were hard. The things were very, mm -hmm. very difficult. Mm -hmm. And family migrated. My mother eventually migrated too with my hope. I was left to finish the Caribbean examination, Caribbean Council examinations and the GCE exams because I was doing good. They didn't want to remove me from school to take me abroad. They wanted me to finish here. And then, bam, they implemented this visa thing with Canada and so on. So obviously, I couldn't go back again. And I, I ended up staying back here. I lived for years on my own. And those were very meaningful years because I was just... 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, going in there. And I spent most of those those times in church. I I remember we'd get up and go down to the church and um, I kept the keys and would clean the yard, take care of the flowers and plants, clean up the place, um, just spend time singing and praying. And, you know, and other times at home, um, just get up in the morning and pray through the day. Pray through the day. I can't pray as much now as I used to pray then, to be honest. Mm. And um, it was really wonderful. Oh, there was some sadness. You're you're alone, but um, not nothing really affected me. Again, guys, this is the truth. I'm, I'm not. I didn't take it on. It, it wasn't a bother to me. I enjoyed every day of my life. Well, you know, because this leads to my question. Your mom, um, sorry, your daddy passed away. I mean, your mama migrated. How do you deal with the challenges of life? Is there any point in your life that you question your fate? 
when all of these difficulty you were experiencing? In the first instance, I, in the first instance um, or, or, or the one instance I thought, hey, this something is right here, is that um, when when they migrated and then um, I was set to go and, and, and then this visa and I afterwards I put my papers in for the visa and so on and I was turned on and I said, hey, this isn't good, man. It Why me? Good. Why me? <laughs> it, it isn't good. But, you know, that... Um, that didn't last very long. Shortly after we stayed, I continued my work in church. I continued growing up and doing what I could have done, and um, and 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 the rest is history. Those were those were meaningful years that God formed my life, and and you know I grew up in ch in church as I would have said earlier on. The pastor, yes, the yes. Reverend Leonard Andrews, a wonderful gentleman. He was everybody's father. And um, so though my father would have died when I was 11, um, here's Reverend Andrews, who becomes everybody's father, whoever. Mm. He, he's such a wonderful mm. man. Mm. And uh, was such a wonderful man. And, and, and you know, now he's in heaven enjoying his eternal reward. Yes. And, um, oh, and, and, and the thing about it is, guys, I'm Indian. He's black or African, Negro, as we used to say in Trinidad. Those words were not negative. You know, in America, that word is negative. In, in our culture, it was. It's it's not. It's not. It's it not was negative not. In, in our region. In, in our culture, no. And yes. uh, so we we didn't grow with these racial hang-ups and and, and 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 racist kind of culture and thing. We didn't grow with that. And mm. I, 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 I remember when we were finished playing cricket, there was one of the ladies from church who lived down the street, and she was kind of in between the church the cricket ground and where I lived at the time. And that, and her name is May, May Rose Alexander. We used to call her Neighbor May. And Neighbor May would make homemade bread and flour porridge or whatever she had as porridge. And if, if things were good with her, we would get cream of wheat porridge. But when I was finished playing, if, if, if she had done those things that day, and most of the times I would get it three out of five days for the week, she would send a message to the cricket ground or she would stay from a house which was like maybe uh, three, four hundred feet away from the cricket ground and shout out, Winston, Winston, come, come. And I knew what she meant because I, that, that call meant that she made bread. I would get a piece of bread, homemade yes. bread and butter yes. and I will get some corn flour porridge or yes. cream of wheat. Mm -hmm. All of that was part of village life, home life. Oh, yes. We, we didn't people, shared, people shared with one another in those days. Yeah, yeah, we didn't, there was no ethnic barriers, no religious barriers. We didn't have enemies. I mean, in, in the village, you know, I mean, let's face it, right? I mean, um, growing up in Trinidad, sometimes mm -hmm. people would get into a brawl and then they would, as you say, curse out one another. But mm -hmm. the next hour, they're good. Yes, yes. You know, wasn't it, wasn't it, wasn't it the very same thing we were having a conversation on? maybe a week or so ago, Sir Will, when we mentioned the fact that, you know, persons back then were, you know, you know, everybody shared with each other, everybody, you know, so. Yes, yes. You know, yes. But yes. where has that gone now? There was, there was, there was know? a community spirit. Indeed. And a sharing spirit amongst everybody. But it's not so evident these days. Well, you but, see, but, I, I would want to suggest, gentlemen, and to our listeners, sorry, <clears> I have greeted our listeners earlier. My sincerest apologies. God's <laughs> blessings and greetings to all our listeners everywhere. Yes. All across the nations of the world that are listening on. Yes. Hello. 
Good evening, good morning, possibly where you are, good afternoon, whatever time it is, good day and blessings. And also want to say thank you very much for, for listening to our, our program on Sunrise Praise. I'm very happy to always hear of the reports from Lady Anna. So coming back, guys, to, to, to what I was saying, one of the reasons I want to suggest is that people became so so ambitious for the acquisition mm -hmm. of material things that we lost. Mm -hmm. Yes. Isn't that isn't that evident in our cricket? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I I can't I, help but coming back to that. There's 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 balance to that 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 assumption. <laughs> you see, the greater issue, and I while I recognize that some people might be going off to um, various T Twenty leagues across the world to make their income. But face it, these guys have to live after cricket. I know. But let I me know. finish. But the, the the continuous, consistent failure of managerial teams of West yeah. Indies cricket yeah. would have contributed to this in some way as well. So I said I want to bring balance. Yes. If leadership continues to fail, why should people underneath them stay and suffer? It's True. depressing though, you know, when and, we hear that our, we have lost another match. Our yep. Caribbean leadership could have done better. Caribbean leadership, governmental, mm -hmm. Caribbean leadership, corporate, Caribbean leadership in terms of sporting and sporting management could have done better. It became an issue, an issue of competence and, mm -hmm. and, and, and polarization to a certain extent and so on. And some players were discriminated against and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, there was no discipline. There was no discipline from the management and, and how would there be discipline from the, the players? And even if, if a player is great, I remember, you know, one of our greats, sometimes somebody should have pulled him aside and said, this isn't good. Did anyone do that? So if, if you leave things to grow, they will grow and grow out of control and the entire team, True. you know. But to say that it is totally because there is, um, you know, the loss of skill to those who want to earn money. I don't agree with that. It's, it, okay. There must be more balance to that, uh, Mr. Wilbert. Okay. Reverend Mansing, when you left school now, talk to us a little bit about that. What was the transition like for you from school to, to regular life? What was it like? Um, well, uh, as I, I, I shared a little bit as to how things transpired, yes. not migrating. Yes. It became the best, the best move for me. Because God, God preserved me and kept me. And so many people would look at that as a negative because they see going abroad to live as, you know, sometimes the most wonderful thing that can happen to an individual. And maybe for some people, that is a reality. But for me, based on God's sovereign and divine purpose, God wanted me to stay here in Trinidad because um, my transition, I, I, as I said, I spent most of my time um, at the church building networks with other friends, Christian friends, Christian ministers, and working together for, for many outreach programs. I never thought that I would be traveling the world, uh, you know, so, so many countries of the world preaching the gospel and so on. And, and that is the testimony of so many other wonderful ministers of the gospel who God would have used tremendously to go to so many countries. And, you know, some, we come from, from, from simple lifestyles and mm. had, had no, 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 no thought, nothing in our wildest dreams that could suggest that. So I spent most of my time, you know, 
engage in um, church activities, um, building the ministry, helping with the evangelism, youth ministry, choir, and so on. And um, and so so that that was very full fulfilling, very 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 fulfilling. I mean, I'm literally made hundreds of friends in the ministry, hundreds and. And to this very day, most people would say that, um, you know, they, they call me by my last name, Mansing has the most friends around. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I do have a lot of friends, but we, you would have a lot of enemies too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe if you treat people well and you, you're genuine in your heart about caring for other people, that you, the scripture is very plain. We will reap what we sow. And because you sow kindness and you sow um, love and relationship, genuine care for others, you you benefit from that, and you have a harvest of of healthy, meaningful relationships. So, my are you, are you a musician? I I played drums, uh, the trap set in church, as well as I could understand a few chords on the keyboard and so on. So that it it it, it, I, it was easy for me to pick things up, and then I I I I was and still am a singer. Back in the day when I was young, I used to be a concert singer and um and all that kind of stuff and so on, you know. So yeah, yeah. Musician. I have a feeling you're being modest about your musical skills, but never mind. Um, <laughs> I just have that feeling, you know. The feeling about being modest. Hey, you you said that feeling about being modest. You're being what? modest about your ability to play the keyboard. <laughs> no, no, no. I really, I just know a few. I, I learned a okay. few chords. Okay. And um, and if you know one or two chords and you have a musical air, yeah. then you could you could sing along you for can, yourself. You, you can, can sing along. Yes. 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 You can't play for too many other persons, but you can figure things out. Yes. And um, but, but I have been um, God, I've been blessed to have some of the most qualified, professional, and skilled mm-hmm. um, musicians play for me over the years. Some talk of the us, best. In talk to us now about entering the ministry. What what prompted <clears throat> you to go full time? into ministry as a pastor? Well, I'll say, when I was a child growing up in church, one day, uh, um, no one else came to Sunday school. I was the only child there. And then the the, the, the minister who was teaching us, you know, well, he was there and he gave me a little badge as a reward for being the only child there. And I remember asking the question, is it wrong to want to be a pastor? And he said, no. And I think um, I didn't understand the the impact of that question on my life. I mean, at the age of 14 and a half, I started preaching. I was preaching on the streets, preaching on mm-hmm. crusades, um, preaching in the community. We got chances at the church to preach. Pastor Andrews gave us chances to preach. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, I, I'm sure I've said a lot of things that might not have been so, so very... It has nothing to do with accuracy, but, um, you know, it might not have been anything new to some people. I might accuracy, have just... but sincerity. Um, sincerity, yeah, uh, and the, and but also I might have said things that they were hearing already. So it's not mm. that they, they they were hearing something new, yes. but yet we got a chance to, to 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 minister and to pray. And I want to tell you, there were some older people, friends, who laid hands on us and prayed for us. 
they prayed. I remember there was this elderly lady. She was in her 70s back then. Her name is Florence Dukey, the late Florence Dukey. And she would pass and lay her hands on me and say, look, my little missionary. This is the little missionary. I was only five, six, seven years old then maybe yeah. and, and and look at what God has taken me to. So that 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 one, the hand of the saint, the elders, the prayer of the elders, the, the spiritual impartation of the elders. Um secondly, um growing in the church, you 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 just love certain things. I, I the music is what attracted me because I love music, man. I love music. I love good music. Um I really do. I and I could tell when people are singing off tune and all of those things very easily. And um it's not a nice thing. Um, but so that attracted me. And then I while I used to be cleaning the church, gentlemen, um, I used to go on Sunday mornings to clean the church very early so that the service could start at 11 o'clock. Those were the days where we started at 11, mm. you know, following the American style. Yes. And um, and um, um, subsequently, that is obviously a change because we moved it up earlier because of the weather. It's hot in Trinidad. We don't need to start at 11. But anyhow, I and I remember while I was there cleaning, and man, the, the broom handle became my microphone. <laughs> oh! <laughs> So you, you would know, sing to you would sing to the broom. I sing, yeah. It was the microphone. I sang to the empty church. I sang, yes, and yes. and then you know, the more you did it, the more confident you got. You got, and then you're singing in church in the choir, and then you start to sing specials, and then you start to lead, and you lead in the worship, and so on, and you become more and more, um, you know, confident in what you're doing, but also more than confidence, friends. It has to do with God's call. Yes, so as you grow yes. in the spirit, as you understand the voice mm -hmm. of God and the spirit of God, you now begin to, hey, this is more than just capacity. This is more than just qualification. This is more than just talent. There is something divine taking place here. And, and that was the hand of God, the divine, the divine will of God um, beginning to unfold. And so I started preaching at 14 and a half, and I've never stopped since. Would you say that your <clears throat> journey through preparation for ministry was a rocky one. What was it like? It was very rocky in terms of, you know, having to go through challenges, of, of learning challenges. You want to learn, you want to understand. And, and while we had great people who prayed for us, um, there was this sort of imbalance in terms of, you know, um, how to study the scripture and so on. Um, because a lot of a lot of what they achieved was by the sheer power of God. So mm -hmm. there was an overemphasis oh no let me not say overemphasis there was a very heavy emphasis on the spiritual power but not on education yes. you know so we had there was some some things we had to grow into and sometimes it would have a little tension secondly there was you know obviously the, the rocky road of the family situation and so on like that mm -hmm. and then when you start a family of your own you you my wife when we got married uh, we lost our first baby and my wife was dead she wasn't going to die she died but i remember praying and god raised her from the dead and she's alive still today and we've oh, been married. So you have a lot to be grateful for us you know yes, there were the relational yes. challenges there were the health challenges mm -hmm. there was the you know the the resource challenge mm -hmm. and so on 
and having to make it and you know you want to do good things and and so on and you want to help people you want to to i, I see I, I was not comfortable and 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 i always there was always a thought and some idea coming of what we can do next mm. So, so when you're always thinking and always having an idea of what you can do next for your you're village, looking ahead. you're looking ahead all the time. Yeah, yeah, it makes people uncomfortable because they think you have an agenda, yes. and um, people people who don't understand that, and they, uh, I'm, I'm I'm not blowing any trumpets, but I know that God has given me the grace and the and and the anointing to be a visionary, mm-hmm. to think of things, to prepare for the future, and, and so on. And, and um, some of the things I have worked in partnership with the Holy Spirit to achieve, some things I haven't pushed it through as yet, and I'm still God will give me a chance to get it done. Sometimes we procrastinate, and I'm guilty of that on some matters. But you know, um, some people when you when you have that visionary's anointing and that visionary capacity, some people get very comfortable. And what people what people tend to do in our Caribbean culture is right. when they cannot understand or cannot control they tend to shun or even try to destroy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unfortunately yeah. that is part of our colon or uh, our post colonial reality Dr. okay Manson, you, you, you... Oh, sorry if, go ahead, go if, ahead. I, if i if i may ask you you know if i may back up just a sec you know because you mentioned you know you had persons who quote unquote you know, gave you the opportunity of doing stuff in the church. How, how, how w- would you say that, or, you know, how, in terms of disadvantages and advantages, what kind of disadvantages or advantages would that give anybody in terms of, you know, getting a chance to do this in the church? Listen to me. When when people create opportunities for others to step into their purpose, they, you know that's that's a total advantage. There's no disadvantage there, in my humble opinion. And maybe someone else could um, suggest otherwise. Um, you have that, but then you would have those who don't understand what's happening, and that can create tension. So on one hand, you have people who are giving opportunities, and on the other hand, you have other persons who don't understand what's happening, and it could create tension. Tell us now about your travels. You have traveled quite extensively. Tell us some of the countries that you have visited in your travels. Uh, well, most recently was Pakistan. Uh, uh, I've, done South, I've done South Africa 21 times and, and I'm heading wow. back. Yeah. Mm. I'm heading back to South Africa in March of this yeah. year. In mm. Two weeks' time, my wife and I go back there. We've done I've done Uganda, I was in Egypt, Greece. Mm. Um Holland, England, um, well, obviously, countless times to the USA and Canada, Panama, Costa Rica, Colombia, Suriname, Hawaii, uh, Barbados, uh, Grenada, Guyana, Aruba, Bonnet, Curacao, Venezuela, um, where again, where down now? don't hear Jamaica on the list. You don't visit Jamaica. Exactly. I was yes. just about to ask that. I was yes, just about um, to ask, where are you in Jamaica? Yes, about three, three or four times, yes. Okay. Um, okay. I think, I think more, three. I think it's three or four times, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I would have been, I would have come to J- Jamaica on a few occasions in my capacity as the Trinidad and Tobago faith-based leader, treating okay. with matters of HIV and AIDS, because okay. I... 
I'm also an international educator of HIV. I haven't been doing much there for the last couple of years, but there was a champion for HIV and AIDS and uh, fighting stigma and discrimination um, mm -hmm. from a faith perspective, also educating and empower empowering communities towards an improved quality of life. And, um, you know, sharing that information on HIV, trying to get the reduction of the spread of new cases because Trinidad and Tobago at one point in time had, and the Caribbean region, the highest um, instances, um, second highest to sub-Saharan Africa, but Trinidad and Tobago was the highest in the Western world. And uh, obviously that part of that could be attributed to the, um, the, 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 the very loose culture we have here in Trinidad and Tobago, the loose moral culture. So, you know, we've been involved in that as well. I've been involved in, um, you know, not just the preaching and evangelism and traveling to countries. So we've gone to a number of countries, I think in 30, 34 in all. That's a lot. 30... Yeah. That's a lot. Tell me now, which which country stands out, I mean, in your mind? The most? I was just about to ask that question, <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, no, you would have heard me say I went to South Africa 21 yeah. times. Well, so, well, well. It sounds like that South should Africa. tell you, I guess, then that South it's... Africa would be his best. Not necessarily, yeah. because some sometimes you, you visit a country once, but they something grabs you. That well, well why is William Tain? It's one of us here, Rodney. Maybe you should have been an honorary citizen of South Africa. You've been to South Africa 21 times. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I went there to preach first in 2001. Mm -hmm. and, um, I've been going back ever since and doing crusades and um, training programs, evangelism, uh, mm -hmm. helping churches. And, and we're going back in the month of March and with the hope of initiating a home-based church program that could, in two years' time, plant 100 house-based churches. Mm -hmm. So so I'm going back there, but I love South Africa for a few reasons. One, I love the landscape, the natural beauty of the land. It's it beautiful. is amazing. Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. um, secondly, I love music. And when I listen to the South African music, to me, it's among the best, if not the best in the world. And um, I have not nothing against our Caribbean genre of mm -hmm. Calypso and the reggae mm -hmm. what i appreciate about the south african people and their music is that they they keep it you know they, it, it, it's very very professional um they don't they don't um they don't um hello yes i'm with you i'm here um, yeah i think um eileen Perhaps your mic is on. Somebody has a yeah. Somebody has a, yeah. a radio. If somebody can help that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the yeah. If if the hello. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So so the the yeah the 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 strength of their music is one of the things that attracts me. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love, love, love the South African music. And I have many very, very popular, celebrated South Africans who are my friends and they are musicians slash singers. All right. And, my, next, uh, my next question to you then, having visited South Africa so many times, which is your favorite South African dish? Favorite South African dish? Dish. 
um, um, I, I enjoy the um, the oxtail, the way they do it. It's really very nice. Very, very nice. To that, in addition to that, um, when you go to Cape Town, the, a, a friend took us to a restaurant there. The best bread I ever had in my life I had in South Africa. Oh, amazing. Wow. South African bread. Okay. I mean, listen to me. You know, another thing that... Um, yeah, another thing um, that I really, really enjoyed in terms of the food is the way they do their, their barbecued sausages. Okay. You know? Yes. They barbecue those you know, they call a bride. Friends, okay. listen to me. I am not I was not a lover of those things, but when I tasted it, I fell in love with it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you keep going back. <laughs> All yeah. right. So so uh you, you did indicate earlier that you you have a wife and you, you have children. How many children? Yes. Two children. Jabez is 21, going on 22 in April, and Oracle is 18. She'll be 19 in October. Okay. Okay. So you, you, and, and, and now, tell us a little bit now about your, your ministry itself. You are the senior pastor in the church. Uh, what is the ministry, what, what, what does the ministry consist of? I mean, I know you have well, Sunday services and so, but you have yeah, other well, things. Yes, well, our church is very attractive, um, a, um, a very, very busy church. So first, from a pastoral perspective, you have pastoral care of the people. You're responsible to preach the gospel with the goal of making disciples of all men. So that's that's one. Secondly, you, you provide pastoral care and spiritual support for the believers in Christ because you've got to help them on their spiritual journey and to bring them to the place to find their divine purpose in Christ like I was helped by others. And so you've got to do that. And sometimes it's very easy to do. Sometimes there's resistance and there's, there's um, unknown resistance and so on because some people um, don't even know that they're fighting God's will. And you keep trying to do that. In addition to that, you have the the like um, the the community outreach of the church. Our church over the years have done some mega projects, mega projects in terms of community outreach, HIV and AIDS, um, events like the Christmas celebration, Christmas village. We used to run um, what grew, what had grown to become the biggest Christmas celebration in the Caribbean, mm. and travel from other nations, other Caribbean islands, and some Trinidadians who lived abroad came home for the holidays to enjoy the Christmas village. So those are those are some aspects of the the ministry of the. Then you you um an organizational church. I belong to a denominational group called the Open Bible Standard Churches. We have yes. Open Bible Church in Jamaica as well. Yes, and um, and um, Ralston Henry used to be one of the senior guys there. Mm. Um, you have um. Uh, so in that now you you have organizational duties and responsibilities and and so on. So you sit alongside there with others, um, and uh, you try to help to to do all the things to build the body of Christ through the local group where you serve. And then you must be a kingdom person. Remember the, the gospel and the kingdom of Jesus Christ is not about one church or one pastor. 
There are many people there, millions, hundreds of millions outside, and we are building the same kingdom. So you must do so respectfully and do so appreciating others and the support on other person's lives and the capacity and so on. So um, that, that's important. You know, so, so ministry encompasses different things, friends. It's not just showing up at a church to preach on Sunday. That's the easiest part of it. What is the hard part is to cry with those and, and when they're going through difficulties and, you know, to look at people. Mm -hmm. um, what is difficult for me is when you look at people that God is calling and he's investing in and God is, you know, ministering and they rebel against that call. It breaks the heart of God and it even breaks my heart because, you know, these people have so much potential. If I had run away, Wilbert, yes. what, what would have happened? Yeah, there might yeah, never have been no there might no, never have been no ministry. Like yes. There might never have been people like Barbara and they here today. There might not have been the, yes. the birthing of a sunrise. You know, or, right. or God yes. sometimes yes. raise up other people if we fail to do the assignment. Yes. But it breaks the heart of God. Yes. You know, and, and, and we, we, we must always try to do what He wants us to do and not what we want to do. That's, that's right. another problem, eh? That's right, you know. So the ministry has done that. And then you have the international travel aspect of the ministry where you go to churches. And this is not for every pastor. Every pastor doesn't have to travel to preach. Yes, you might travel and go somewhere and an opportunity arises for you to preach here or there. But there are ministers who are given assignments by God to travel and in different places. You you have international fellows who would have their own planes and so on. And I, I, I have no problems with that. I mean, their, their, their travel assignments or their, their speaking assignments require a certain degree of, of quickness and, and, and comfort in traveling, you know. And then, then there are other persons like myself who we travel to go to and preach and we go into the bushes and we go into the rural communities. And, you know, sometimes you go to the places where other people um, need to hear the gospel. And, and somebody needs to go and, and you go with a genuine desire and then yes. there are other people who go as missionaries and go with the intention if I die there I'll die there but I'm going to take the gospel of Jesus Christ you know so so different people the ministry the ministry really encompasses a whole lot but we must always remember ministry is not about myself no ministry is about God it's ministry a is about calling God. no mm -hmm. it's about God his mm -hmm. calling it's a high calling, it's a holy calling, and it's an honorable calling. Yes. Uh, but its ministry is about serving others. We talk about religion. And, you know, I mean, so much has been going on across the world. I mean, a lot of people have been dying of COVID, etc., etc., and whatnot. Um, do you get a sense that after everything I've been happening in the world in recent time, for the past three years or so, do you get a sense there are more people um, turning to turning to Jesus? I I to answer the question, I'll first tell you that there, and as never before, has there been so much gospel being preached in the world because the the intervention of the co uh, the uh, social media platforms, the digital media platforms, and the opportunities available through those co um, combined with the the, 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 the reality of the impact of COVID that drove the church more out of the walls, which is a very good thing, that would have multiplied the impact of the gospel. And according to the scripture, the word of God says that the word of God does not return void. All right? Um, 
Um, you know, so let me tell you, what does that mean? Um, that means that that whatever God sends it to do, um, it will achieve. It will be done. It will be done. So if more gospel is pre being preached, friends, then obviously more people have the opportunity to hear. And if more people hear based on Romans chapter 10, then more people will turn to Christ. And this is an, a remarkable thing. I can tell you, listen to me, not because we, we are seeing negative things happening across the world. It means that God isn't real and his purposes are not being fulfilled. Friends, we live in a broken world, a fallen world because of sin. What we are seeing around us is the reality and the result of sin. And in the midst of all of this negativity, God is giving people a chance to his son who gave his life on the cross to enter into a relationship with him. Not a religion. Not a religion. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in religion. Relationship. A relationship with the Lord mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. See, religion mm -hmm. simply means man searching for God. And the reality is, we can't find God, but God found us. Uh, you know, interesting, interesting you say that. Because you talk about religion because you get, I mean, a lot of this um, different denomination coming out. See, uh, when, you speak, when you spoke about the old social media thing, and um, one of the things that I always say, and I always tell persons as well, you got to be very, very careful because all kind of people come out them days out to the woodworks and consider themselves they are a man of God. I mean, um, you know, if, if you can, if you can just touch on that, that, you know, that would be really interested because you've seen a lot of these, you've seen, you've seen a lot of these um, preachers. Some preachers they're just like politicians, to be honest with you. I'm not here to throw shit at any sort of religion or denomination or any church or whatever it is. And the reason why it's uh, some 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 religion, they're just some preachers they like politicians because you get so many people are hungry in, in the communities, and yet still you are seeing. Um, some of these preachers, the lifestyle that they live, it is so lavishly and people are struggling. Can, can you touch on that? Okay. Well, the first thing I want to say based on Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7 and verse 15 to 20, if you read that there, the long and short of it is by their fruits, you will know people. The fruits. You've got to look at the fruits. Don't look at the, 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 the frills. Don't look at the garnishing. Look at the fruits. Right? The fruit of love. The fruit of compassion, the fruit of of of, of um you know care for humanity and fellow and and so on, and there are many pastors who have been successful and God has blessed them. They have they are business persons. They have written books and they have they have enjoyed the benefits of their books and so on. And they have wealthy and lavish lifestyles. But they also are doing lots of wonderful things for the poor and the needy and establishing churches and so on. That doesn't mean that they have they have not done anything wrong. They have worked for what else. If you did not work for what you have and you stole from the church, you are criminal and you should be locked away. But Pastor Mansing, how does one know which is the right religion? That's my question to you. Again, the right religion is not where we go searching for God. And it's not about religion, friend. sir. Again, it's about relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is God was searching for me. In the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned and they messed up, you didn't read in the scripture that they cried out to God. You read God crying out to Adam. Adam, where are you? Where are you? 
Where are you? In the book of, when you come into the gospels now, you read about Jesus saying, come, follow me. He calls out the, 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 the God of eternity, God who wants the best for us, calls out to us. He doesn't wait for us to cry out to him. He calls out first. He reaches down for us first. And then we move again. You know, he, he, he um, you know, look at what Jesus did. Jesus left heaven and came to earth to die on the cross. Again, God is reaching out first. He's not waiting for us to try to reach him. That's religion. He reached out to us. That's relationship. That's salvation. That is the removal of sin, guilt, and condemnation. So, I mean, I, I can't stop religion. I can't do that. No. I have a question for you. And this one is one which I know people have said to me. Um, you know, I am disabled. Why? Why, why did God allow me to become disabled? What, what would you say to them? You know, again, you see, we have to accept what the scripture first says. We are living in a world that sin has contaminated it. Yes. If you have a garden, friends, mm -hmm. and you take some um, to toxic material or, or, or chemicals, and you might have a very beautiful garden. And then you contaminate the soil with that garden. Like much of our earth is being contaminated today. Eventually, there will be some effects on the produce mm -hmm. and on the beautiful flowers and so on. That is what sin has done to the world. And many times, you know, we blame God for those things. Right? Sin has affected the entire world. Many of us have suffered the loss of various things, emotionally, relationally, physically, because of the impact of sin. But what we've got to understand is God comes to us to reconcile. Second Corinthians chapter 5, he talks about God being in Christ reconciling us to himself. Jesus, when he was preaching and teaching, he said, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me. He's always calling you. He's calling. God is always calling. And so, so dear friends, and to the listeners today, you know, I cannot, and I will not even try to address or attempt to address the issue of religion. It is too contentious. It is the devil's play field. It is the devil's breeding ground for argument and hatred. Mm, yes. I will only speak about the love of Christ, which transcends our religious beliefs, which transcends the cultural beliefs, which transcended the social philosophical barriers in the Gospels. And Jesus came and he met people of all walks of life. And he said to them, come unto me. God, Jesus Christ is an all-inclusive God. He will take anyone. He calls anyone that we would. The scripture says that if we are living in sin, we are called sinners. He calls everyone the worst sinner, and he will make of you a saint. And, you know, regardless of what type of sin, some people might be in a lifestyle of immorality, um, a, a sexual orientation that is inconsistent with biblical God's moral position. You might be a bandit, a criminal. You could be a rapist. You could be a racist. You could be a liar. You could be filled with hate in your heart, and you're, you're, you're looking also so well-dressed and so on. But God sees that. And any one of us, Every one of us, the worst murderer, Jesus will accept you if you will come to him. And then he works in your life to change you. Look at the Apostle Saul, who wrote most of the New Testament, um, the Apostle Paul. He was, he he was, was, he was the chief persecutor. 
Yes, yes, he was. But when he encountered Jesus, friends, I want to tell you, and again, when you read Acts chapter 9, you see God called out to Saul first. God is always calling out to people, come to me, come to me, come to me. Go and follow the pattern of God. God is a God of pattern. I accept all of that. But I just want us to drill down a little bit more. Sure. Mr. X is in a good job, right? Mm -hmm. Um, His prospects are good. He's driving his motor car. He crashes. And he's paralyzed from the neck down. What do you tell him when all this seeming, seeming hope has disappeared and he's now in the abyss of despair. What, 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 what do you say to him? The first thing, you know, you, you, before we try to say much, we must first empathize with people. Yes. I will take you to scripture, book of Job. Job, Job suffered the loss of everything and everyone except the loss of his wife physically, mm-hmm. but some dare that to say that he had lost her for a while emotionally because she said to him, why don't you curse God and die? Yes, yes. But you know, she many did, times we criticize didn't appreciate what wife. he was going through. But, but you know, many times we criticize Job's wife, but can we think how many spouses would be able to endure what, what they had to endure? Yeah. I Listen to me, I am not in any way going to criticize her. I just want to thank God. God showed something value, the value he had for her weakness by blessing them much more afterwards. He didn't condemn her because of her weakness, but rather made space for restoration. That's the kind of God we preach, friends. God is not a big bad God waiting with a big stick to beat you on the back every time you do wrong. Inevitably, if you choose to do wrong, there is, there is an eternal consequence. Likewise, if you choose to do right, there is an eternal reward. What if he's lying on his back, on his hospital bed? If, if he doesn't have a hope of Christ, it's hard, to, it's hard for him to get that hope after what he has gone through, wouldn't you say? gone through but but you know what, um, Mr. Wilbert, that is where sometimes you know, and I I may not answer you perfectly, but my my what I would say to you is that that is where, as Christians and children of God, as we seek to reach out to the lost, the broken, the wounded, the maimed, mm. the hurt, we we do so prayerfully. Yes. And, and friends, I want to tell you, God has a way of touching hearts that none of us could explain how. Huh? none of us could explain how. And and I, I I can tell you I, I mean I was a wonderful um, Christian preaching and so on um, etc. And here it is my wife gets sick or first baby dies and then my wife dies mm-hmm. and then God raises her. But why why did we lose our first child? You know. So the reality is in life there would be negative circumstances, but. Oh, God is there. The psalmist said in Psalm chapter 23, even though I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter chapter 18, I reckon that the suffering of this time is not worthy to be compared 
to the glory that shall be revealed in us. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, yes. There is a reality of negative things, but there is also the guarantee of goodness of God. You, you understand? We go seasons. And you, you, you got a question there, Pastor Manson, just came into the chat there. If you could have a look at it. But anyway, the yeah, question yeah. saying, Sorry, with a car. That. Okay, um, can you respond to that? Just for the listen, just for the listening public, for the listening public, this, the, the question is: With the current um, crime rate, is is it the church is too quiet? So, can you respond to that? Um, and I would say to some extent, um, yes, yes, but not in the negative sense to chastise the church. Um, the church has been having discussions. The church has been doing a whole lot. Unfortunately, the church sometimes is used as a, a, a um, the most convenient ball on the field. So, so politicians and so on would would use the church to to when they have to address issues and get us to deal with the social issues of the nation and so on. But when we make recommendations, you see, the church is the culture of the church and what the Bible says about in Romans 14, treating with authorities in a respectful way. We do not go and put placards up and call press conferences and say that we have spoken to the government about the crime situation. The reality is we have had many meetings and shared many ideas, but they don't do anything. And if we were one of the rambunctious groups that stood up in square and protested then they would say okay then people say yes but we have been saying things right here in trinidad and tobago i can talk i am a board member miss miss that said i was being modest i'm a board member guys of the trinidad and tobago council of evangelical churches i am the president of the faith-based faith-based network of this country dealing with multiple religious groups representing issues of family and national um well-being and governments do not listen because they are too corrupt. But if I may interject here, crime is also a multi-headed monster. So and I can say to you, there are four prongs I look at crime, Mr. Wilbur. One, yeah. it is a spiritual issue, one of the effects of sin. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it is a social issue because yes. of poverty and other social societal challenges, yes. which must have a holistic response. It's not just about handing out stuff. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, crime is an issue of um, selfishness. So therefore, we have to go back to treating with the, the reestablishment of values and, uh, and, and people values. Human values must be taught again in our schools. They were natural to us growing up. They are no longer natural because they have been er- eroded by that, that, that greed, that culture of greed and that spirit of greed. And finally, it is a security issue that had that has to do with legislation, the judiciary, the criminal justice system, the penal system, the penal mm-hmm. reform systems. There is a multi-pronged approach. And we have presented these things to some governmental officials. They never give you the light of day. They never sit with you. You, you try for year upon year trying to get an appointment. And they don't. And I can say that openly on this, on this, on this um online network about our our Trinidad Tobago situation and people will protest and light candles in the road and have all kinds but are they solving are those things solving problems they have a space but there must be a strategic sensible approach that 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 is holistic and that is what I'm saying I just highlighted four four areas as a four-prong approach from and when you when you and when you lack when you lack education you're poor and you're uneducated. It's easy for others to control your mind. 
Well, you see, that is what's happened with the politics of the Caribbean. Yes. And more so in countries like Trinidad and Tobago and yeah. Guyana, where you have ethnic challenges to also compound the problem. Mm. Mm. You know? So mm. so it's a reality, friends. I mean, I mean, why 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 do governments have to um interfere in some of the judicial or or or, or some of the matters related to constitutional issues and so on. Why do we get um engaged mm-hmm. in it? No, we shouldn't. What we should do is keep the arms separate, keep them separate so they can be um without contamination. We have bastardized the Westminster system anyway. That, well that's true. We because you know um it's a it's a reality, and, and when when national leaders are not very honourable and not not truthful, yeah. and and misrepresent facts and so on to their own benefit, mm-hmm. what, what mm-hmm. does that, that? Those are seeds that are sown, mm-hmm. seeds that we, are sown we, and they bear fruits. We're coming close to the end of this program, but I I would love to ask you, what is your favorite food? My favorite food, I. I love I love a lot of food, William. <laughs> I enjoy food. I love good food. I love tasty food. But um, mm, I say dal and rice and curry chicken. Okay, okay. Or chicken, chicken okay. curry for my Guyanese friends. Yes, yes. All right. And- oh, well, the, the, you know, you know, you know, for, you know. Fortunate and for, fortunate, you're saying that you say chicken curry. The Guyanese is their chicken curry, and the Trinidadians say curry chicken and likewise you know folks we can recently um uh, dr will i was speaking we're speaking to um dr garish and in india i mean i was so taken back he's like you know what chicken curry i was like oh so i guess the guy needs that wrong <laughs> it's like rice and peas and peas and rice <laughs> i i um, um as i said we say chicken um curry chicken they say chicken curry uh it doesn't matter what they call it as long as it tastes good Yes. Oh, absolutely in it. <laughs> it's the same as rice think, and peas. And I think the uh, Trinidadian curry has the best flavor. <laughs> well, well, if you want me to, be, if you, if you want, me, if you want, if you want me to be honest with you, I mean, I've been around the Caribbean as well too. And um, in terms of the curry, uh, I, I would say Trinidad and Guyana. <laughs> I would say yeah, yeah, definitely stand out in terms of the curry. Uh, you who know, is, one of who the, is who is your favorite author? Uh, John Maxwell and I also love Tom Rina. If you were if you were exiled on an island and you could only take one musical album, which one would it be? Shirley Caesar, Jesus I love calling your name. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty album. Yes, yes. That's and, my and... That's, that's my favorite song of all time. Okay, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. T- t- let's take the question, Rocco. Oh, Eileen, yes. Hello? Hi, go ahead, ask your question. Yes, I'm here. I am, I don't have to ask much questions, but I have a few statements to make. Is is that okay? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yes. Just tell it like it is. Yes, yes. Well, I want to tell it like it is about the pastor there. <laughs> and you know, initially you all ask him what he looks like. Yeah. And 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 in my opinion, what he looks like, he didn't really let you all know. 
So I want, I want to give my version of what he looks like. Is that okay? Go ahead, go ahead. Right. Okay. He is very handsome, spiritually and physically. He's very. He's got what it takes to be Reverend Pastor Winston Mansing. And he is a man who preaches and he walks the talk. I know the man. Okay. Yeah! I know him. Yes. <laughs> yes. So much. <laughs> That's rock on the DJ. Oh boy. It's going to take quite a bit, quite a bit. You know, if you can imagine, like years gone by when we would have read about Rumpelton's, you know, how he behaved when he knew he was going to get the baby. Mm -hmm. You remember that story? You all do remember. I can't say I can't recall it. All night and he was hopping around and he was the most jolly man on the planet. This is Pastor Mansing. He is always happy. He's about like he got the world in his hand. Want to know the man? He is yeah. really a jolly going man. Full of the spirit. Yeah. And well dressed, of course. Well dressed, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you Thank go you anywhere in our circle, in the religious circle, you look for the most handsomely smiling looking gentleman. It's going to be Reverend Pastor Winston Manson. Yes. Unfortunately, yes. we're going to have to bring this yes, discussion. Yes, I understand. But I want to thank you guys for um, yes. taking time to chat with me. Yes. I'm very happy to be a part we of this. We appreciate that. Yes. And you we, 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 we certainly learned a lot. And you are closer to us now than before. You were close, but you are closer. Because we know who we're talking to and Lots of respect to you and all the best in your ministry. And we look forward to your exhortations weekly. If you have any questions or comments regarding this program, please address them to norwill2 at gmail.com. That is N-O-R-W-I-L-L number 2 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Have a happy and productive week. That's it for today. Join me next time when we will present another in the series Vision Scope. Music was provided by Rennie Williams Jr.